you made it a priority to come to church this morning. There are a lot of other places that you could have been, but you made God a priority in your life. And I want to say thank you for that. If you have a Bible and you would like to follow along with me today, I'll be in John chapter 8 in just a moment. Before we open up Scripture, if you'll pray with me one more time as before we get started. Dear Holy God, we thank You so much for this morning. We thank You for allowing us to come here and to worship You. So thankful for our freedoms that we can come to a building, Father, without persecution and we can pray and we can sing songs of praises to You. I pray, God, that as we open up Holy Scripture, I pray that You will allow us to focus on You, Father, and I pray that You, Father, will speak through me. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, good morning. i got a question for you. If you could go back in time and meet one historical person or figure, who would you like to meet in person? Now, if you're like me, I've got a lot of people that I'd love to talk to because I like talking. But one of those people that I would love to have a conversation with is our 33rd President of the United States of America, Harry S. Truman. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, why? Well, President Truman, he served in uh, office from 1945 to 1953. Now, I was not around then. Uh, Mayor McKnight, I think you were in what, high school at that time, so you might could tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> just, just kidding. But he um, was our president. And one of the reasons that I admire him is because of a sign that he had on his desk. It said, the buck stops here. Now, he is pictured in several uh, pictures with that saying, we, in Key West there is a mini White House that he would stay at during vacation and he had a desk that, there that he would sign letters and do business and he also had a, that plaque, the buck stops here. And at school on my desk I have that same plaque, the buck stops here. Because, I will tell you why I love that sign. I admired him because his stance was, I'm the President of the United States. I now have the decision to make. Good or bad, I am the man in charge and I accept full responsibility for what I do. And I thought, man, we live in a world where there's nobody that's saying that today. We live in a world where it's always somebody else's fault. If I mess up, well, that was because somebody else. We do not take responsibility for our actions. And I love that as a historical figure, he had this idea. Uh, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 8. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 11, if you would like to join me there this morning. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn He appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around Him. And He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman called in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. 
Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now many wonder right here, what was Jesus writing on the ground? Perhaps some people speculate that maybe it was the list of sins of the accusers. Not 100% sure. However, that's not the, the, the part of the story that I want to focus on. I want to focus on Jesus' response to the woman. So, she, they, come, they come before Him and she's caught in the act of adultery and they are wanting to see what He says. Now, I want to point out what Jesus did not say. Jesus didn't look at this person and call up in sin and say, Well, honey, it's all right. Everybody's doing it these days. That's the normal thing. Oh, did you see that on, on social media? That's okay. That's the new trend these days. It's okay. But nothing's, nothing bad's going to happen. It, we're not hurt this one time. He did not say that. He told her to go leave your life of sin. Now, that's the part of the message that I want to focus on today is what Jesus told us and told her and the same thing applies to us. Now, your sin may look a lot different than hers, but we all have sin. And I want to talk about the devil because the devil will use these sins as lies. And these are all lies. When we get caught up in sin, we hear, oh, it's okay. We hear this one time won't hurt. No one will ever know. Everybody's doing it. We hear that. And that's what the devil wants us to hear. The devil wants us to believe these lies. In reality, God is like, listen to my truth here. Now, I have heard these sayings, and I'm sure that you have as well. But I want to think about sin. We, we are all caught up in sin at some point in our lives. But where does it come from? If, you, if you'd like to flip over in the book of James with me, I'm going to look at James. As Scotty mentioned this morning, we're going to talk about the heart a little bit. So in James chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 13 through 18. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of all He created. Now, that question, where does sin come from? See, sin is tailor-made to us. If we all had a big circle and we started confessing our sins, 
It, may, it would look different. Now, some of us we probably can agree on, but we all have sin and addiction and problems. We all have it. However, some people want to hide it, and they want to wear a mask, and, and well, they don't want to do anything with it. And then there's other people that realize it and do something about it. In the book of James, it talks about the heart. It says that when tempted, we shouldn't say, well, God is tempting me because God cannot be around sin. It's not Him. It's the devil. The devil is the one that is tempting. But it says that each person is dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So when we are enticed, there is where sin comes from. Now you have a choice what to do with it. You either can hide it, you can do nothing about it, or you can do something about it and you can accept it. And a lot of people want to stop right there because they do not want to take responsibility of their own sin and they want the easy way out. Well, it's not. And... God loves us, but God is a God of, of justice. And He cannot be around sin. I think all the way back in the garden. We have the garden scene. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to, uh, to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden a cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So when the human sinned, again, he didn't go over there and say, oh, it's okay, it's human nature, it's alright to sin, um, everybody's doing it, if this one time won't hurt. No, God said, that's it, I can't be a part anymore. And he banished them. And there will be a time, if we keep refusing God, that he is going to do that to us as well. And I don't want anybody to be banished from eternal life. I don't want anybody to miss out on the opportunities that we have as Christians. So where does sin start? Sin starts in our heart. And we have to be able to do something about it. Now right here, I'm so glad that this is not the end of our story. I'm not I'm glad that you know God banished him because God offers a way of salvation through his one and only son Jesus Christ. And he loves you and he loves me and he was willing to give his life for us. That way that we didn't have to go to hell. That way that we can go to eternal life. And many people still yet refuse to believe. People still don't want to take responsibility. But the choice is up to us. There's a couple of options. You can A, disregard it and you can live how you want to live here on earth. You can go do and, and live how you want to, but in eternity you're going to pay for it. Or you can live as God wants you to live now and in heaven you can reap the rewards. Because this is how it is. If you are a Christian and you are you, you're a believer, you are baptized, you have given your life to Christ, this right here, guys, is as worse as it's going to get. Now, however, if you are not a Christian and you have not yet surrendered, it's as good as it's going to get. So look around. There is your options. Now, you may be a baptized believer. You may say, well, I go to church every time the door is open. Well, 
That's great. How is your heart? Is your heart truly transformed? Is your heart truly surrendering to God? Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So it all starts at the heart. Because when we are engaged in sin and when we are caught up in sin, and if we don't recognize that this is a problem then we don't realize that that is a wedge between us. Because God can't be around sin. One of the worst punishments, I think, is when we sin, we have just walked away from the peace of God because we are not in obedience with God. And my message for us this morning is if you are not a believer, I pray that today is the day because we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next minute. Today is the day. Make your life right. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Be immersed in the waters of baptism and start living for Him instead of start for living for yourself. And also, if you are already a believer, I pray that you are an obedient believer. I pray that you are seeking out a church, that you are being reading your Bible and praying every day because that relationship with God is what He is looking for. He wants to have a relationship with you. But you also have to have a relationship with, with Him. God doesn't change, but we must change. Okay, It requires a change for us. And a lot of people don't want to do it because they want to say, ah, it, it's somebody else's responsibilities. But I'm looking for people to say, no, the buck stops here. I am not living that way anymore because that, that, way, that way right there is the path to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And that is what I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. And I'm going to be dedicated to God. And I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to try to seek out and when I come in contact with people, share the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me. And His blood covers all of our sins. That no sin is beyond the blood of Christ. That Christ can wash you and make you clean and remember your sins no longer. But you have to be willing to surrender. And if we're living in a world today where we don't see that. It's a However it makes you feel. Whatever you have to do, whatever, go with your gut. The Bible wants you to go with God and listen to God. And you have to be willing to trust Him. So, if we had a heart, if we took a stethoscope of our spiritual heart, what would your heart look like? Would your heart be a clean and pure heart? Or do we have some things that we need to work on and take away and cut out? Again, our sin looks different. It could be drinking, it could be watching porn, it could be our thoughts. But we have to make sure that we're obedient in all aspects of our life. Not just maybe the way we talk, the way we think, the way we engage in other people. Hall has to be an obedient lifestyle. Because that's what he is wanting us. That's what he's wanting you to do. He's wanting you to surrender and accept him. So if you have not believed, again, do not put it off any longer. Because we are living in a world where nobody wants to take responsibility. But guys, it's left up to each one of us. God loves us so much. And in the Garden of Eden, He gave us that opportunity of free choice.
You have the choice. You can accept Him or you can reject Him. But guess what? You get the consequences either way. Whether it's a good consequence or a bad consequence, you have to be ready to accept that. And that is what our message here. So, as we look at the heart, there's a cure for the heart, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. Scotty sang that song above all. I love thinking about that because as Jesus was crucified, I can't even imagine the the amount of suffering He went for, for us. He went through for us. And I, I just have this image in my head of Him you know, hanging on the cross and I see above Him in the sky Hayden and Steve and, and Rhonda and, and Vicky and Jan and I see all of the names that He's thinking about. He's thinking about you. He's thinking about, oh, maybe it's Carlos, maybe it's Pedro. He's thinking about everybody while He's on that cross. When He could have called 10,000 angels to get him out of that situation. But what did he do? He didn't stop. He didn't, he didn't call 10,000 angels. He was obedient to God's plan. Not my will, but your will. That is where his heart was. Where is yours? How, how does your heart look? So I'm here to tell you that we're all sinners. We've all got problems. If we all confessed... At the end of the day, we look around, we are nothing without God. And Jesus' blood purifies us from all sin. It washes all of our sins away. We have the waters of baptisms open today. If you want to make your life right, today is the day of salvation. Confess, repent, and be baptized. But you have to realize it. Make sure that you don't have blinders on your sin. You have to realize it. And then you have to say, the buck stops here because I'm going to do something about it. And that is what that is, is being obedient to God. And I pray that our leaders of our world will take that same responsibility as, as President Truman did that many years ago of, of saying, the buck stops here. So I want to make sure that you are ready for eternity. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But there's many who are not. Don't let another opportunity pass by to flop for uh, heaven, for eternity. If you are here today and you have never, ever been baptized or never believed and never confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, let today be the day. The waters of baptism are open. If you are a Christian, are you living like you should be? Tomorrow, can we tell you're a Christian? Well, you better. The choice is yours. But it has consequences. I hope that you make the right choice. Please stand as we sing. Bring my heart.